afternoon to you. I'm Brad Brown. This is SAFM Sports Wrap coming to you live from Centurion. Is the final of the five one-day internationals between the Pro Tiers and the West Indies. And it's been a wonderful day's cricket play. was delayed because of rain, but it's turned into an absolutely magnificent evening here in Centurion. The shadows lengthening in South Africa, going along very, very nicely. Uh, currently 224 for the loss of two in 32 overs. It is a rain-reduced match. We'll chat to Natalie Germanis uh, in just a short while. But uh, the two batsmen out in the middle, really, really well set. Riley Rousseau uh, coming close to uh, his second one-day international 100. Uh, he's out there with Hashim Amla, uh, who's in the 70s. But we'll get all those details from Natalie in just a moment. Also coming up. Now, on this evening's show, we'll be chatting to former Proteas captain Graham Smith, uh, who still involves behind the scenes. Uh, some great things uh, happening that Graham Smith is involved in. And as I say that, a massive, massive hit from Hashim Amla uh, over mid-wickets to advance South Africa. So we'll also be chatting to the convener of selectors, Andrew Hudson, uh, about the upcoming World Cup. The South African squad leaves for Australia and New Zealand next week. We'll chat a little bit about the squad that's heading over and also some of Andrew Hudson's memories of that World Cup back in 1992. And then we'll touch base with Mo Ali later in the program uh, to preview this evening's AFCON action. It is the final, final Group D action that's taking place tonight and lots at stake. And uh, let's uh, start with some cricket news. The Proteas lost the toss. And they were sent into bat after rain delayed the start of the fifth and final one-day international. And looking at that scorecard right now, uh, it is the Proteas looking pretty good. It's currently 230 for the loss of two. That's after 33 overs. Riley Rousseau's not out on 98. Hashimamla on 91. In other cricket action, that's taking place in Kimberley, the South African A-side in action. They're playing against the English Lions in the second unofficial one-day international. The visitors were sent into bat and they posted 370. Six for nine in their 50 overs. And wrapping up the Big Bash today in Australia, it was the Perth Scorchers who ended up beating the Sydney Sixers by four wickets in Canberra. The Scorchers scored the winning run off the final ball of their innings to reach the required target of 148. In some football news, Bafana Bafana captain Neil Tovey said today that the public need to be patient with the national soccer team as they still a work in progress. Bafana were outplayed by Ghana 2-1 last night in their third and final group match at the AFCON in Equatorial Guinea and subsequently knocked out of the tournament. The team is scheduled to arrive at Oatambo International Airport tomorrow morning at a quarter to six. And as mentioned, tonight sees the final group stages of the AFCON. There's still a lot to play for in Group D. Guinea take on Mali while Cameroon face the Ivory Coast with all four teams still in with a shot from qualifying in the quarterfinals. We'll chat to Mo Ali later in this, uh, this evening's show to find out what we can expect. Kickoff in both those games, 8 o'clock this evening. We are deep into the second week of this year's opening Grand Slam. Chris Bowers was at Melbourne Park today and he filed this report from the 2015 Australian Open. One day, many tennis watchers believe, Milos Raonic could blast his way to a major title. Today showed that that day is still a fair way off. The big-serving Canadian held his own against the world number one Novak Djokovic for the first dozen games, then lost a tie-break in which he was always outclassed, 
and from then on it was only patches of quality as Djokovic made mincemeat of the feared serve. The final score was 7-6-6-4-6-2 and he got the sense that if there'd been a fourth set that pattern would have continued and Djokovic would have taken it 6-love. He was that good and he seems the man to beat here. Then again he now comes up against the man who beat him last year, Stan Wawrinka. The Swiss was thought to have a gruelling quarter-final but he overpowered a disappointing Kei Nishikori to set up a third match against Djokovic here in three years and the other two went to five sets. The women's semi-finals have a Cold War theme to them. First off, two Russians, Ekaterina Makarova and Maria Sharapova, play to fly the Russian flag in the final, with Sharapova a clear favourite. And then two Americans, 14 years apart in age, compete to fly the Stars and Stripes on Saturday. Both Americans are ailing. 19-year-old Madison Keys needed her left thigh strapped in beating Venus Williams in three sets today, while 33-year-old Serena Williams has a cold, is coughing horrendously and says she's getting worse. Seldom as a semi-final seemed so much like the survival of the fitter. Chris Bowers for SAFM Sport, Melbourne. In rugby news, Bulls coach Franz Ludeke has named his team to take on Saracens in a friendly clash in London on Saturday. Returning Springboks Pierre Spiss, Andre Pollard and Marcel Fanamarva will all get game time, but only from the bench as Ludeke opts to ease the trio back into action. Flank Dion Stechmann will captain the Bulls at Allianz Park on Saturday. The men from Pretoria start their Super Rugby campaign at home against the Stormers on Valentine's Day. South African women's running received a huge cash injection today with the announcement of an increase in the prize money for the Spa Women's 10km Challenge Grand Prix Series. Instead of winning a new car, the winner of the series will now pocket a cheque for 150,000 Rand. The second prize has been increased by 20,000 Rand to 50,000 Rand, and the third prize will now be worth 30,000 Rand. And finally, Paul Volt, uh, great Sergei Bubka, announced today that he will officially run for the presidency of the International Association of Athletics Federations. Bubka will be up against British middle-distance great Sebastian Coe, who announced his bid in November. They campaigning to succeed Senegal's Lamine Dayak, who steps down in August after serving as president since 1999. Bubka set 35 world records and won six consecutive world titles during his career. He also won gold at the 1988 Seoul Olympics. Coming up next here on S. SAFM Sports Wrap, we chat to Natalie Germanis. SAFM Sports Wrap. Broadcasting live from the cricket, the fifth and final one-day international in the series. Uh, Natalie Germanis, it's been a, a wonderful, wonderful afternoon. Cricket was slightly delayed because of rain, but uh, the weather's cleared up, looking pretty good. Yeah, it certainly is. Fortunately, we've been very lucky because we actually were told that five o'clock the rain was going to be coming back. It's uh, out to the distance where we do generally get the rain from, it's starting to build up a little bit, and that will be a bit of a concern. But for now, it's looking pretty good. It's been a pretty good day for, for the protesters. They lost the toss, they were sent into bat, and uh, Hashimamla and, and Riley are so looking fantastic out in the middle. They, they certainly are, considering the pitch. It's not an easy wicket because it is a little bit on the slow side every now and again. It's a bit too paced. The, the bounce has been a bit indifferent as well. It seems to have just calmed down a touch over the innings, how it's gone along, because in the beginning it was a lot tougher for the batsmen when they came in. It's not one of those wickets where you just start blazing away right from the beginning, but Riley Rousseau has played magnificently well. Since he went to his 50, all of a sudden he's opened up. He's 50 came of 60 deliveries, he's 100 of 80, which is absolutely incredible. And Hashimanda has now got the luxury of standing at the other end and just watching him and just shepherding him in strike. Fantastic. Uh, a couple of interesting selections uh, in today's in today's lineup. Quinton Lukak back, which is which is great news for South Africa. Marshant Delong is starting. He's not even in the World Cup squad. Why is he playing? That's a very interesting question. I'd like to know the answer to that <laughs> myself. Um, Mone Morka being given a rest. Um, I suppose that's the idea. He has played a lot of the games throughout this tour, so he has been given a, a bit of a rest. Mone Morka is one of those 
fast bowlers who, who likes to, he needs to bowl overs. So it's not often you will see him getting too much of a rest. He generally likes to bowl overs, and he's pretty good when he's got his rhythm going. Um, so it's, it is an interesting decision, but uh, they've got a couple of warm-up games as well ahead of the World Cup, so it, it should work out all right for him. He's been bowling pretty well. De Kock up front uh, really didn't shape with the bat. It was uh, an opportunity for him to spend some time in the middle. It wasn't to be today. Yeah, it's not really the wicket that you come in and you start pulling and hooking right from the word go. And Quincy De Kock, that is one of his strengths. And he ended up uh, getting a top edge and he'll be a bit dis- disappointed with that. He is one of those batsmen who doesn't necessarily need to spend a lot of time in the middle to be able to just play his natural game. And unfortunately for him, it just didn't work out today. I'm very interested to see how he goes with the gloves and how easily he moves with, uh, with the gloves in hand. That'll be interesting. All the Proteus 3-1 up in the series. This is the last one. The West Indies will have taken a lot of confidence out of uh, their victory on on, on, uh, the weekend. Which way do you see this one going? Well, it's going to be interesting because for the West Indies to chase this down, they need somebody like a Chris Gale to fire up front. They need a better start than they've had in this series. Most of the time, they've been around 30 for 3. And you, you can't keep chasing big totals if you're going to be 30 for 3. You're going to really struggle. They need one of the openers to score. Dwayne Smith has played 100 ODIs now, and he averages 19. Chris Gale in the last two years is averaging 21. So they need a lot better from that. It'll be interesting to see what Dionorine does today because he looked more impressive to me than Leon Johnson. Thank you very much for that. We'll keep you updated throughout the rest of the program uh, today with uh, regards to that score. But the Proteus 239 for the loss of two after 34 overs. Coming up next here on SAFM Sports Wrap, we chat to former Proteus captain Graham Smith. SAFM Sports Wrap. Coming to you live from Supersport Park in Centurion, the fifth and final one-day international uh, here at Supersport Park. And we're joined by former Protea captain Graham Smith. Uh, Graham, welcome on to SFM Sports Wrap. Nice to, to catch up. Wonderful day's cricket today. You, you enjoying it? Yeah, loving it. I mean, it's uh, firstly terrific to have the sun come out. Beautiful evening here at Supersport Park. And some wonderful batting in the last uh, period from Riley Rousseau and Hashim Amla. It's... Uh, been uh, super exciting to watch. Yeah, absolutely. The reason we wanted to get you in the hot seat tonight is uh, momentum. You, you, you're very involved behind the scenes, and I, I love that you're giving lots back to the game. Uh, but uh, they announced uh, a couple of, of recipients of bursaries that you're involved in. You, you're patron of the, the, the actual sort of whole campaign. Tell, tell us a little bit about it. It's, uh, it's called the uh, Momentum to Excellence Bursary Program. Five youngsters uh, got some great news yesterday. Yeah, 100%. What a, what a privilege yesterday uh, to help five, five boys go through and get an education. And, uh, and not only an education, but a well-rounded one with some excellent life skills. And the unique thing about the Momentum to Excellence program is that there's also the cricket uh, side to it. So hopefully these kids will either be the next Proteas, but more importantly will become better, better people in our communities, hopefully better leaders in their communities, and, and people that ultimately... Will, will be looked up to one day, even if it's in a in a small environment. So you know, it's obviously a privilege to be able to to use what I gained throughout my career to give back. You know, we had a, a, a cricket sixes corporate event early, also earlier in the year, which raised an extra 210,000 rand for the bursary program. So hopefully that will go from strength to strength, and we can increase the money year by year. But uh, that we can start putting more and more kids through school. What what were, the, what were the criteria for these youngsters? Obviously, they need to be decent cricketers, but they also have to have a pretty decent academic, and, and that's what you're looking for, is, is well-rounded kids. Yeah, well, the MTE program is really fortunate that we've joined ranks with uh, the Make a Difference Foundation that Francois Pino is heavily involved in. He's got a wonderful team there that's got 11 years of experience in terms of that criteria and the education and what is required to get um, you know, these young kids through this process. And also Cricket South Africa involved in terms of identifying these young, talented kids from disadvantaged areas and 
you know, so it's all three with, with momentum. You know, and I've been so surprised at momentum, you know, from a financial services company, you know, their family values have really shone through in my, in my period working with them and really investing in making South Africa a better place. And that's been, you know, something really important to be a part of. Yeah, now, now that you're a dad, I mean, family values obviously very important. It has been a, a big part of your life. But uh, how's your life changed since giving up cricket and you're a dad now? Things are, are very, very different, right? Yeah, I'm a, my son Carter and my daughter Cadence are the two most important things in the world to me. I mean... Two great characters are coming into uh, you know, certain ages now where they're starting to develop that at one and a half and two and a half, so it's, uh, it's been, been really good. Um, but you obviously, you know, you know, looking after the future of South Africa is crucial to you know, my own kids' uh, future, so something that's close to my heart. And education and, and leadership is something that you know, I really feel can, can impact our country in a better way. Looking at some of the youngsters in this in this team that are, are heading off to represent South Africa at the World Cup, you've been there. You know what what they're going to expect and and what they're going to experience. And you look at a, a youngster like Riley or so, someone like David Miller, who's who's they really come into their own now. Uh, it, it's exciting times for the Proteus. Yeah, it is. I mean, I I think going into the series, they would have hoped that someone like Riley or David had a significant performance of confidence. I think the only one that's left is maybe you know Bardin. You know, the fringe players, you know, we've got such a fantastic top five with De Kock, Amla, Duplessis, De Villiers, Dumini. So if you can add these form players around them and with a bit of confidence, it really gives us a, a dynamic batting lineup going into the World Cup. AB's knock the other day? Yeah, it's hard to describe AB at the moment. It's, it's pretty ridiculous. Uh, I mean, what an innings. I mean, he's been performing consistently at that level for a long period of time now, but just the ability to to play shots that other people dream of. I mean, that's the unique thing I think about this team going into the World Cup is that we don't just have solid performers. We've got real match winners, and that's what I'm excited about. Going into a one-day tournament, match winners is what's win- what gets you over the line. Obviously, big pressure on, on the guys heading to, to Australia and New Zealand. I mean, whether you like it or not, South African sporting public demands excellence, and, and we want to win everything. Uh, there's a bit of unfinished business in Australia with the World Cup. These guys are... It's going to be a tough ask, but they definitely can do it. Uh, absolutely. I mean, I think the thing is to realize that every team that arrives at that World Cup is going to be under pressure. I think it's just about, you know, being able to find a balance between, you know, the work. A World Cup is a long term tournament, a lot of pressure for a long time. So I think it's about also making the, the downtime count a little bit, getting away from the game for periods, and then making sure you can refocus. Sorry, Hashim Lam is on 96. Double there, so he moves to 98. Hashim Amla at the moment. So. Yeah. You definitely got to feel that we've got a good chance going into a World Cup, and uh, you know what a great feeling if we can get over the line. Eh? You were there at the last one, sitting, sitting, looking at these guys heading off next week. Do you, do you miss it? Do you wish you were going? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've certainly had my time, and got you know, besides winning a trophy, I've had some. Mm. Sorry, let's just wait for this ball to be bowled. Here we go, they're going back for two. Hashim Amlo goes back for two. Gets yet another century for the Proteas. Can't say enough about Hashim Amlo. He's just incredible. No, we certainly missed him in PE. You saw the value of Hashim Amlo when we went three or four down quickly. I mean, it's incredible the consistency that he turns out these runs. And long may it continue. Let's... Let's hope he has a magnificent World Cup. I think if he can lay a platform for us, him and someone like Quinton or Fuff, you know, it's going to be very difficult to control our batting lineup. So 
you know, another incredible innings from Hashim Amla. Just Thank getting you. back to your question, I think you said so, so many fond memories and great successes through my career. So obviously, the one disappointment is never holding a trophy, but having played in three World Cups, you know, you can look back and be very proud to to have been there. Yeah, absolutely. Another four runs by Hashim Amla down the leg side, just flicks that. No, leg buys, not soon, but. All, out, all counts to the total in the end. Graham Smith, thank you so much for, for popping by. It was uh, awesome to have you with us. Thanks for your time. And, uh, yeah, South Africa, 2.52 for the loss of two with uh, six overs still to come. Next up on SAFM Sports Trap, we chat to the convener of selectors and uh, Andrew Hudson. Uh, we'll chat to him next about this team that's coming up uh, or that's going to be heading off to Australia and New Zealand's. SAFM Sports Wrap. Well, we're chatting more cricket here at uh, Centurion. It is the fifth one-day international between the Pro Tiers and uh, the West Indies. Convener of selectors, Andrew Hudson, uh, joins us now. Andrew, welcome uh, onto SAFM Sports Wrap. Nice to Thank chat you. again. Thank uh, you very much. It's been a wonderful occasion once again. It's been a great series. I mean, West Indies winning the last ones made this one slightly interesting. Although the Pro Tiers have won the series, they, they, they're not giving up without a fight. Yeah, and I think for many reasons a, a good series. I think just as a as a almost a warm up um, for World Cup. You know, I think um, perhaps some people will be a little offended by the fact that it's a warm up, but but it is. I think everything's geared both on both sides for for the competition that's going to st- kick off in uh, probably two weeks' time. Yeah, not long to go now. You you're no stranger to World Cups in Australia and New Zealand. You were there in '92. I, I get the feeling. I remember that one like it was yesterday. My heart is still broken with that semi-final. It's a bit of unfinished business in Australia when it comes to World Cups. Yeah, uh, 22 years ago. Uh, wow. that, that's where it started. <laughs> and. Uh, yeah, I, I do think the nice thing about Australia is that it suits the, the style of cricket that we play. You know, um, even the um, the pitches in New Zealand when when we played in '92 were very slow and low and awkward grounds, etc. But um, uh, drop in pitches now in in New Zealand, um, good decks. I think that that really suit the style of cricket that we play. So I think this team, um, led by AB, are, are desperate to go and do well um, and play in conditions that suit them. Looking at this team, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough choice to, to choose 14 players to go. There's so many people on the fringes that were there or thereabout, and we can touch on a few of them. But the 14 that are going, you must, or 15 that are going, you, you must be really proud of, of a guy like Riley Rousseau, who's really coming to his own in this series. David Miller, who got his, his, his first century this this uh, series as well. It just bodes really well that the guys like Hashim Amla and Avi who have always scored runs, are being really ably supported by the other guys. Yeah, um, and I think you know we we'll go about selecting a, 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 an eleven, um, but then you want to know that you've got backups who are on form and guys who can come in and step up when they need to. So, um, you know, thirteen or well, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, essentially are guys who are on standby um, if your sort of your first team doesn't come through or there's some form or some injury, etc. And um, to see guys like Riley playing really well. Um, some of the some of the bowlers to to feel the heat, you know, the death overs, and to and to get a feel. They might not all get games in the in the World Cup, but when they do, it's it's likely to be a crucial game, and you want them to hit the ground running. So this this series has been fantastic in that we've been able to give guys a run and a, a bowl and a hit. You talk of the death overs, we're in those right now, and Riley Rousseau, just uh, some unbelievable clean hitting South Africa now, 268 
for the loss of two Hashimam is still there 100 not out and uh, Riley Rousseau is rushed to 121 with uh, a magnificent six straight back over the bowler's head uh, a few moments ago Andrew w- with regards to, to the amount of pressure that these, these guys uh, have on them I mean there's, there's no two ways about it they, the, the level of expectation from, from the South African public we you say the players are desperate to win as a, as a South African cricket fan I think we're all desperate to win this thing there's huge pressure on these guys what's Cricket South Africa doing behind the scenes to help them manage that pressure? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think firstly is that it's a, there's some serious talent in this team you know, I think it's technically um, there's some, there, there are probably five or six guys who could go and win games on their own so I think from a technical perspective we've got match winners and, um, and really it's about those guys playing to their potential and doing what they can do and, and dovetailing well um, what I do think is special about this group of players is that there's an amazing team ethic and um, this, this Proteus fire that, you, that you've seen a lot of in the, in the build-up. Um, this is a team that wants to not only play for other teammates in the team but play for the nation and get out there and perform. So I think they do feel pressure. I think it's um, uh, maybe the intensity of pressure sometimes has, has created hurdles in, in the past. But I think this team is strong enough, I think, to endure that and, and overcome that. Um, so when times get tough, the two things. Maybe you, you've got to pull together as a team when, in those tough moments. And then a little bit of luck. I think you've got to have a little bit of the rub of the green things to go your way. But um, certainly from, a, from this team's got character. It's got the ability. It's desperate to do well. And I think that desperation, you see that in, AB, in the, the captain, A.B. de Villiers. So I certainly have high hopes um, for a team, not just because they are good cricketers, but because I think they can pull together in tough situations, and let's, let's hope they can do that. If you look at world cricket over the years, there's always been sort of a team that's dominated. If you think of the West Indies in the 1980s or late 70s, early 80s, they were fantastic. If you think of that Australian side with, with the War Brothers, and, and they just dominated world cricket. Do you get the sense that South Africa is going to one of those patches at the moment where we, especially from a test perspective, but we're starting to gain some real momentum in, in the one-day game as well, and, and this is our opportunity to dominate world cricket for years to come? Well, yeah, I like to think so. You know, I think this is a this is a special group of players, and um, and I think they've got a little, they've got some legs. You know, I think a couple of years that we're going to have these special players around. We need to manage them properly and make sure that we get the most out of them. Um, historically, I think we've done better in the in the more structured, uh, longer version, if I could say, test matches and to and limited overs, um, 50 over game. I think in the in the in the 20 overs, you know, in the T20s, we've perhaps haven't had the flair. Um, to win us and, and haven't perhaps relaxed in the moment but there's, there's no doubt that South African cricket is healthy I think there's a lot of talent coming through the system and I'd like to think that, um, that this is an era you know, that one day we'll look back on um, you know, this, a similar team to this has been number one in all three formats and that was just sort of two, two and a half years ago so to be number one test cricket um, I think we'll look back one day and say you know what, what a, what a really great side and um, and let's hope that era is a long era. Yeah, absolutely. I asked Graham Smith the same question. I'm going to ask you that question to wrap up as well. You've been to World Cup. You know what these guys experience. Do you miss it? Do you wish you were going as a player, or does, does that not feature anymore? Yeah, in, in every cricketer's um, career, you know, you want to go and play World Cups. You know, I mean, that's um, the Test cricket is great, but to to be able to play two or three or four World Cups is really special. They're big tournaments. There's, um, there's, there's lots of hype, there's lots of intensity and really it's a world stage where, where you're there to show off your skills and to, to show people what you can do 
and um, and I think just that in itself is just a wonderful occasion. So every single guy, all 15, I can tell you now, are looking forward to the World Cup, and uh, we just hope that they go and apply their skills and deliver. Sure they are, and I'm sure they will. Andrew Hudson, Convino Selectors, thank you so much for your time this evening. You're on SAFM Sports Trap, and uh, yeah, let me just give you a quick cricket update before we chat to Mawali. The Proteus, 284 for the loss of two. That's after 37 overs. And uh, yeah, we'll chat to Mo Ali next. SAFM Sports Wrap. Well, it is the final act in the group stages of the 2015 Africa Cup of Nations this evening. And lots at stake in Group D. Mo Ali joins us now. Uh, Mo, anyone in the group can still go through to the quarters. Indeed, that, uh, that is the result of uh, all uh, the games in the group uh, finishing with 1-1 draws and uh, there is the real possibility that they would have to draw lots only for the third time in the history of uh, the Nations Cup. It's happened before uh, when the Ivorians actually lost out to Algeria in 1998 and in 72 as well when uh, Morocco lost out to Congo. So it's not unprecedented but uh, if both uh, games produce the same results in terms of draws it would mean that lots would have to be drawn to decide which two go through to the next round. And uh, a big game for me, uh, Brad, is the one between the Ivory Coast and Cameroon. Some very, very big players in that uh, game and it's going to be very interesting to see how that one pans out particularly with the Cameroonians having beaten the Ivory Coast 4-1 in uh, the qualifiers en route to the Nations Cup. Mo, obviously a lot at stake and we don't want it to go down to those lots so, so we hope we do get results in those uh, let, let's chat briefly just last night Bafana, Bafana huge disappointment I mean we, we were in a tough group but we, we had another opportunity to win last night and we let it slip we certainly did, and uh, I think it's, it's just a lack of experience uh, in the side, and also, unfortunately, a lack of perhaps uh, some guidance uh, from the touchline. Uh, if you look at the, the opening game, uh, I mean, uh, Dean Furman let it slip that there wasn't a dedicated penalty taker, and you can't really go into a big tournament like this without a dedicated penalty taker, because he mentioned that uh, Tukela Ranti just picked up the ball and uh, decided to take the penalty. And uh, even last night, uh, you know, when, when it was the, they needed to close out the game, they certainly didn't do that, and uh, hopefully... The, the coaching staff would have learned from that. I mean, for example, you don't have uh, three different goalkeepers in three different games uh, in the tournament. It shows that there's no faith in your number one, whoever was designated as your number one. So little things like that, I think, you know, uh, that, that's the difference between winning and losing, particularly when teams are as closely matched and when you have experienced campaigners like Ghana, Senegal and Algeria up, uh, that are up against you. Yeah, Mo, I mean, obviously a lot of people are very disappointed today. I've been reading reports of, of various ex-players saying that Sheikh's got his selection wrong. and It's a bit of a tough one now after, it, after it's happened to, to stick the boots in. I, I kind of feel sorry for Sheikh Mustafa. He, he needed to pick a side that, that he needed to back essentially at the tournament. And, and, and it's almost like you live, live by the sword, you die by the sword. No, absolutely, but uh, you know, there were always question marks, for example, around the exclusion of someone like Tepo Mashamaiti, who has been outstanding in defence with Kaiser Chiefs. They've got the meanest uh, defensive record in the uh, Premier League. You look at uh, players like Tulani Serrero, Ayanda Patosi, who are doing exceptionally well with their clubs in Europe. And uh, you know, the, 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 those kinds of selections that uh, maybe uh, you would have to look at going forward, because uh, you know, Tulani Serrero is, is highly regarded all around Africa and, and in Europe as well. And uh, you know, you've got to bring those players uh, into, the, into the setup, and uh, particularly with the World Cup qualifiers and the Nations Cup qualifiers for 2017 and 2018 starting uh, within the next year. Uh, you know, hopefully, Sheikh Mashaba would have learned uh, these lessons and taken them on board. Otherwise, these painful defeats would have been in vain. 
Absolutely, Moali. Thank you very much for that kickoff in both those games this evening. 8 o'clock tonight, we'll have live action right here on SAFM. Uh, up next, we'll wrap things up, let you know exactly how the pro tiers are doing. Uh, that's all next here on SAFM. Tax tip number 11. The income tax payment deadline for non-provisional taxpayers who submitted their returns by 21 November last year via e-filing or at a SARS branch is the 30th of January 2015. Please be sure to pay your outstanding income tax to avoid interest. For more information on making payments to SARS, visit sars.gov.za. And remember, if you experience challenges, please talk to us before it's too late. SARS, at your service. 2014 is now history. However, some events are worth remembering. When Parliament had your attention... Honourable Member, we can't When you lost your heroes... You are not alone in this time of bereavement. When the world watched... The accused in this matter has been found guilty of the following counts. And when you remembered your own... Mikasa has finally come home. When you rose up and stood tall... Chad Leclerc, a new championship record. We were right there. Whatever 2015 holds for you, we will still be there. SABC News. The National Lottery's board, in association with the Soweto newspaper, brings you Marcus Watt and his big band live at the SABC M1 studios on Friday, the 30th of January at 8 p.m. Tickets to this exclusive event can be won by listening to SAFM and reading the Soweto newspaper daily, The Living Legends Project. Funded by the National Lotteries Distribution Trust Fund. SAFM Sports Wrap. Well, that's it for SAFM Sports Wrap this evening. And uh, just to give you a quick cricket update. It is South Africa, 305 for the loss of two wonderful innings from Riley Rousseau and Hashim Amla. Rousseau still not out on 132. Amla with him on 126. And, uh, yeah, the Pro is heading off to Australia. There's going to be a big send-off at Melrose Arch, by the way, 4th of Feb. Uh, you can go and say goodbye to the Pro as they head to Australia to represent South Africa at that World Cup. It's between 12 and 3 p.m. The talk shop with Nelly is up next. We're back again tomorrow at 6.30 from my Myself, Brad Brown, have yourself a great evening.